They are those who charge the hills, and they patrol the seas, and they sweep the skies, and they are out there holding the front lines for causes bigger than themselves. Some of them are out there chasing and catching criminals, and others are charging into the flames of fires and others are rushing, attempting to race against time and death as they go to emergency settings. And they do that, all for causes bigger than themselves. And then when we attempt to honor them, when we go to pin a medal on their chest in appreciation for all that they've done. They say those four very humble words every single time, just doing my duty. I, I, I was just doing my duty. For them, duty is about accepting it's about accepting a great responsibility and then acting according to that responsibility, according to a personal conviction that they have in those settings. That's what duty's about, and that's, and that's what these men and women are doing as they're out there in these situations in our world. But this morning, as I talk about people who are answering the call to duty. There is another group that I have in mind. And, and, and their cause is a cause that is greater, and it's beyond all other causes in this world. They are the elders, the shepherds of our congregations, and their cause is the cause of Christ. And his church. You see from the very beginning. Of the church. To this very moment. Shepherds or elders or pastors or overseers or bishops. Whatever term that we find in scripture. Those men have been and they are continuing to honor this sacred opportunity and this sacred responsibility to be out there caring for the congregations of Christ. And because of that, I'm just referring to them this morning as men of duty. Men who have answered the call of God to serve His churches. As Kirby said, and as we prayed, we're beginning this, this morning to look out among our congregation and, and look for uh, additional men that we can add to the eldership here at Sunset. And so this morning, what I wanted to do is just take a few moments and, and quickly remind us of some things we, we probably already know but hopefully to encourage us and inspire us as we go about looking for new elders and shepherds of the Sunset Congregation. When I think of these men of duty, I, I'm thinking of men who are modeling 
who model God-directed lives. Who model God-directed lives. When we look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, and then we look at Titus chapter 1, when we look there and we see the qualities of elders and shepherds, we see both the must-bes and the must-not-bes. And as we look at that, and I'm not going to go through all of them this morning, and don't have time to explain all of them, but you'll see them here. When you see that they must be above reproach, and they must be husbands of one wife, and, and, and temperate, and prudent, and and when you see they're supposed to be free of the love of money and able to teach and, and so many things here that they must be. But on the other hand, you see that these shepherds and elders have this other list of must not be. That they must not be addicted to wine and they must not be pugnacious or, 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 or brawlers. That they, they must not be accused of rebellion. They must not be fond of sordid gain. You see this list and all of this must be and all of this must not be. What you see coming together in this big picture is this one central truth that I'm talking about. When you look at all of these qualities, what you see and what we we find there are men who are living God-directed lives. Every one of those qualities, every one of those things they are, and everything they're not supposed to be are those things that tell us that they are living out very uh, uh, purposely the standard of God for leaders of faith. Who they are and what they aspire to be all come together in one concert of trying to honor God in their lives for a cause bigger than themselves. For Christ and for his church. And, and here's the thing. When they do that, then they then become models for us in the church. As they live out those qualities, they become models for us. And, and, and by the way, that, that's their duty. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 3 tells us that shepherds of the flock of God that they're supposed to be doing a lot of different things here, but you'll see at the very end uh, that they are supposed to be ultimately proving to be examples to us as to how to live lives of faith. And, and here's the thing I want us to, to understand and see very clearly this morning, that this list of qualities that, that we see in Timothy and Titus that this just isn't a, 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 a list of items concerning elder qualification. This is not just some type of elder qualification checklist that we're going through in order to find those type of shepherds and men. What we're seeing here is that they're actually testimonies to the kind of men that they are, the kind of men who will answer the call that Christ is giving them and will live out a cause that is much, much bigger than themselves by being those living models of the character and the spiritual temperament of God, the things that God wants for all of our lives. 
So in the very beginning, so important that they become models to us. Models of men living out the will of God. But this calling they have is, is, is even bigger than that. Within that calling, there's also to be those who protect the spiritual security of the flock. As we turn through the pages of Scripture, we can't miss the fact that shepherds and elders are men who are accepting the responsibility to protect the flock of God from its enemies. And someone might ask, well, does the church have enemies? Oh my, <laughs> do they ever? And as we look through those pages of scriptures, we look back in time in the first century church, we see so many different types of enemies that were pressing in on the church. That maybe the very first thing that we see are savage wolves as as. Paul calls the elders to him there at Ephesus, the Ephesian elders. He, he say, says to these men, and he warns them that there are these savage wolves that are going to rise within their ranks, rise within their church, and they're going to be those who come in from without. And all they're trying to do is they're trying to gather followers for themselves in order that they might lead them away and lead them astray. I don't know about you, but when I think about wolves, that's a very scary thing. I mean, can you imagine walking down a pathway like this at night and, and, and encountering a wolf? And how scary that would be. But I tell you, for me, something that's even scarier than a wolf like this is a wolf that can talk. One that uses his words to draw you in close enough that he can reach out and then grab you. And he's not there to tear away at your flesh, but he's there to tear away at your faith. To try to lead you astray and, and to spiritually ruin your life. But it's not just the savage wolves, there's the bewitchers. Paul, as he writes to, Galatia, to the church at Galatia, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1, he talks about the bewitchers. And very simply put, they're just those that are out there distorting the truth of justification by faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. They're bewitchers. They're, they're trying to mislead people in, in how to understand what true justification looks like. And then, as Paul writes to Timothy, he's going to talk about rebels and babblers and, and deceivers that are in the church who upset whole families with their teaching. And, and their teaching is very self-serving and, and according to their own agenda, and it's inconsistent with truth. And then when you thought there couldn't be worse, then all of a sudden, there are the creeps. <laughs> yeah, Really? Jude talks to us about those men who creep in to the church, seeking to turn the grace of God into the license for immorality, and, and they deny Jesus Christ as sovereign and Lord of their lives and of this world. Ultimately, they're there, grumblers and fault finders and followers after their own lust and, and dividers and those who are worldly-minded and completely devoid of the, uh, of the Spirit. You see, page after page and time after time, we're seeing that the enemies are so many in the church 
back in the first century. But I think what's so foreboding for us today is that not only are all of those enemies still around in some form, there's many more to add to that list today. You see, as you think about that, it helps us to see and appreciate why we need shepherds. We need shepherds who will answer the call to duty. We need shepherds who will answer that call with courage and the conviction of Scripture behind them. Men who are not swayed by culture or by trends. Men who cannot abide um, the corrupting agents within the church. And men who are willing to stand the line, to hold firm for our spiritual well-being. But these men, these shepherds, these men of duty are also men who build up our spiritual maturity. As I think about it, elders are among, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 11, they're among the gifts given to the church. And he goes on and he talks about them, that they are his answer, and and they answer the call to be those who strengthen and equip and to build up Christ's church. He says uh, there in Ephesians 11, coming out of there, that these elders are to equip the church, the building up of the body of Christ until we attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man or to a mature woman, to the measure of the stature that belongs to the fullness of Christ. And as a result, we'll no longer be tossed to and fro or here and there by every wave and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful schemings, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into all aspects, into him who is ahead, even Christ. Understand this, it's not the elder's responsibility to make us grow up to be like Christ. It's their responsibility to make sure that we're being encouraged and supported in that process of growth as we make it our own purpose for our own lives. You see, I believe it's this maturing that keeps us from being easy prey. It keeps us from being the prey of the wolves out there and the bewitchers and the creeps and and, and all those enemies. It keeps us from falling victim and and being tossed like children to and fro and here and there by every kind of deceit in this world. We need those shepherds. When we lack knowledge, we need them to teach us truth. When we struggle with weakness, we need them to exhort us. And when we rebel, we need them to rebuke us and to call us into repentance. You see, whether it's through their own personal lives or whether it's through their uh, overseeing of ministry, what I'm talking about are shepherds who answer the call to duty by encouraging and equipping and building us up in order that we might look more like Christ, building us up through their teaching 
and through their influence in our lives. And then lastly, this morning, I think about those men as being those that help the hurting. Our shepherds and our elders here at Sunset and all the congregations of Christ understand this truth that at one time or another we're all going to hurt. We're going to hurt physically and we may hurt emotionally and we may hurt spiritually. And they know that. And it's at these moments that our shepherds not only help us by bringing their compassion to the moment, but they answer the call to duty with their prayers. They petition the Father on our behalf. It's, it's this help of which Jesus speaks in James chapter 5 in verses 14 through 15 where he says, if, if anyone is sick, then they must call upon the elders. And, and they are to pray over him and anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and, to pray, and a prayer often offered by faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, they will be forgiven him. You see, it's in these prayers that our elders are able not just to encourage us by anointing us with oil. Or to encourage us by walking along beside us and helping us along the way, or, or to be there for us to give us wise counsel. But it's through their faithful prayers. It's in those that we cherish those prayers most of all, because with their prayers they reach up into the very power of God on our behalf. Men of duty. Can you imagine just in what I've communicated this morning? Can you imagine how difficult it must be to be one of the 15 shepherds that have answered the call to duty here at Sunset? How difficult it must be to model, to protect, to mature. And to help this church of somewhere between 13 and 1,500 sheep. Can you imagine? As I think of that, I think we should have one very important response. I think we ourselves should answer a call to duty. I think we should answer a call to pray. To pray for them, to pray for their strength, to pray for their encouragement as they serve year after year after year. And we should be praying for those that we're seeking to join their ranks in this effort to protect and guard and strengthen the church. So, so I'm asking you, I'm asking all of us to pray. And, and then I think it's important for us to make sure that we grow that we're growing more and more mature in Christ so as to reduce their load, 
so they don't have to come to you and come to me and admonish us when wrong is happening in our lives or they don't have to call us to, to repentance when we stray from the truth. And then finally, let's prepare. I'm speaking to the men here this morning of all ages to be thinking about the responsibility of preparing yourself to answer that call one day. The need for shepherds, the need for elders never goes away as long as there's a church. The question is, are we as men preparing to answer a call that's greater than ourselves and live the cause of Christ and his church as shepherds? This morning, I've talked a lot about the call the call to be a shepherd. But it all begins with one great call to be saved. For you this morning, I wonder if you've heard that call to, to believe in Christ, to confess your sins, to repent of those sins, and to be immersed into baptism in order that you might begin your walk as someone saved and filled with the very Holy Spirit of God. We want men to answer that call to be shepherds. But most of all, God wants men and women to answer the call to be saved. If you haven't, do that this morning while we stand and while we sing.